Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Tuesday, September 27th, 2022. The weather today will be a high of 26 degrees in Edmonton. It's time to get the fuck out of bed. Another hot one. Yeah. Thanks, Everly. <laughs> Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining uh, today on the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. We are broadcasting live as we do every morning, 6 a.m. Mountain Time, Monday through Friday. You can listen in on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, all those other platforms, Podcast Addict. Or you can uh, listen in live, which is way more fun. You get your questions answered. You just got to download an app called Podbean and uh, search up the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. You can uh, get involved in the chat. You can uh, call in and ask any questions you want. It's uh it's, it's the full experience. Uh, I never talked to you about this before we started the show today. Here's what we're going to try today. We're going to try something new. Gabby, okay. I want the microphone right at your mouth. Okie dokie. We're going we're gonna to Joe Rogan this. Um, I was listening to the podcast yesterday, and normally I'm trying to be very conscious of the, the audio spikes, but um, I was listening to the podcast. It seems very quiet. And I was listening to you when you're reading off the commercials and you are so crisp and I can hear everything you say. So what I want to do is I want to keep the microphone right in front of us and it's good. Try this out for today. If it's absolute garbage, we'll delete the episode and you'll never hear it ever again. <laughs> Does that sound fair? Okay. So, so don't, don't make it, uh, the episode too good in case we need to get rid of it. I don't think they, I don't <laughs> think they had very high expectations anyways. Okay. <clears throat> it's a Tuesday. But with that being said, Gabby, when you're talking and you have to do a little clear of your throat, exactly, just kind of lean away. Yeah. If you're going to do any loud laughing, just run away. I'll do my best. Okay. We're going to try something out today. And just, yeah. Um, and we'll see how it sounds. Okay. Back to the show. Good morning, everyone. Back to the show. Got some big things happening this week. Not really. Maybe. No, I don't want to laugh at all. No laughing. No laughing. Just a little. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just play the laugh. No, no, what I'll do is I'll play the laugh track. I'll edit in the laugh tracks for you. Okay. <clears throat> you can you can laugh. Okay. We'll give it a shot. This is a this is a test period today. Um, it, it's it's one of the downsides of playing with this live app, uh, as I was just mentioning, because we're playing with a live app. Um, we have zero control over the peaks and stuff like that. And, and the quality is less than what it would normally be if you ran it through a normal like uh, editor, right? Or recorder. So um, because of that, it's uh, the quality. I don't know. I, I was listening to it on the, uh, through the, through the car radio yesterday when I was driving. I don't listen to the podcast very often. Like I don't like listen to myself. Um, but I wanted to see how the, the, the quality was when you're playing it on a, on a car radio and eh, mm -hmm. wasn't impressed. So we're going to see if we can up that game. 
Um, this week, uh, uh, I will be presenting at the Mogul Mastermind. Tomorrow night. Exactly. I'm going to be presenting on agreement for sales um, and how they can be used uh, for sellers. Not necessarily for, you know, the low money down, no money down, um, but for how you can utilize it as a seller to make more money, to make more cash flow, to get a better price. Mm-hmm. Um, this is my preferred way to use it, at, at least where, where I'm at and what stage I'm at in my investing career right now. Early on, I loved low money down, no money down. Yeah. With, uh, you know, the, the Oh, seller. it's an amazing strategy on both ends. It's just what purpose it's serving for you. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What is that noise? Uh, somebody revving their engine so- at... 6.05 a.m. Sounds in like someone's ripping through the neighborhood on their Harley at 6 a.m. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so that's uh, tomorrow night. If you want to get uh, tickets to that, you know what? I still don't have the... It's, uh, that's okay. We do have the link, but it's on Eventbrite. If you look up Mogul Realty. Yes. Yeah, you'll find their event there. Yes. You can get it, tickets and join in live. I think it's also streaming online. <clears throat> but you have to get the ticket to get the link. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. All righty. The other upcoming events, we have the Raising Capital Mastermind on Sunday that is exclusive to REI Masters Mentorship Program. So if you're on the fence about joining Masters and getting mentorship, uh, now might be the time to join if you want to get in on that uh, Mastermind this Sunday. Uh, I mean, you know Masters. Most, most of you guys know all about it. You're just still kind of thinking about it. Um, but it comes with all the home study kits that you need. It comes with weekly coaching. Um, and um, monthly workshops and masterminds. So for this month, we've got a mastermind for uh, Raising Capital this Sunday. And then then on the 22nd, we're doing an introduction to multifamily investing. Mm -hmm. Um, Mastermind style as well. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a reason why we're doing a mastermind and not a workshop. That was actually a discussion we had um, a couple weeks ago in, in our coaching session. And I came to the conclusion that I think that it would be more beneficial if we did it in a mastermind group discussion style as opposed to a presentation. Um, this Sunday, I haven't told I haven't told the master's mentees yet. Um, I just told Jared yesterday because I happened to be on the phone with him. But um, we're going to be <laughs> – it's going to be way more interactive than I think that they're expecting. Mm-hmm. Um because what the last thing I want is to, t- you know what I do? I hate doing, I hate telling people how to do things in like workshops and courses. And then they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to do that. And then you follow up with them in a few weeks. Yeah, no, I still, I still haven't done that yet. So during that session, I'm going to make them go and do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to be like, hey, this is what you need to go and do. I'm going to give you half an hour. I'm turning my mic and my, 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 my camera off. If any of you guys got any questions, turn your mic on and call for me. I'll be right here doing some work. So I'm going to make people go and spend 30 minutes and put things together. I'm going to make them go and, 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 and basically build up their prospect list and then be, set it up so that they can start making calls. Start set it up so they can start doing presentations however they see fit. Super cool. So that way you can hit the ground running and none of this, oh, yeah, I'll do it next week. Or, oh, yeah, sorry, it's just been really busy right now because I'm finishing this or I'm finishing that. Fuck that. Mm-hmm. So this Raising Capital Mastermind is going to be intense. I'm going to make sure that people actually raise capital. That's the whole point, right? It's not to learn how to raise capital. It's to, it's just to actually do it. Love it. So we're going to be really, um, really pushing you guys. So if you guys are interested in that, 
go hop on reamasters.ca and just sign up. Let's do it. Okay. <clears throat> okay, you know what? I'm going to see really quickly. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to click through and I'm going to see if um, I want to see if someone joined in this morning. Um, and while I'm doing that, can I ask a favor? Would you be able to do uh, have uh, do a little word from our sponsor? I absolutely would. <clears throat> a lot of people ask us, how do I find a good property to buy? Where do I look? What do I do? Lately, that answer has been pretty easy. We just tell them to visit www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers to get on the DCI Properties exclusive buyers list. These guys have new deals coming out every week with a mix of turnkey rental properties, secondary suite conversions, fix and flips, and burr projects. They give you all of the property info, handle all of the paperwork, and if it's your first deal, they even have staff to help walk you through the process. We've bought deals from them before ourselves, and the process was super simple. So if you're an investor and are wondering where your next deal is going to come from, don't wait. Get on their buyers list today. For Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers. Or if you're looking for a deal in Ontario, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, he is not here. But um, I got an in. I, I, someone slid into my DMs yesterday. No, don't, don't be jealous, Gabby. Okay. There's actually um, a guy I used to work with. How long ago? 16 years ago. 16 years ago. Um, it would have been one of my first jobs. Uh, I, so in high school, I used to pump gas. That was my first job. Um, I was really good at it. <laughs> Tough skill to master. Well, I mean, like, I I learned a I, lot of great skills. I bet you were charming, though, and you probably got some pretty good tips. Oh, my God, was I ever charming with Especially those little the older old ladies. ladies. Oh, yeah. my God. I knew it. A lot of teenage leg hair was shown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I, um, check the oil, <laughs> wash the windshields. Yeah, I did that for, <clears throat> I did that for some time. And, uh, um, I started thinking when I was 16. And then, uh, when I was about 19, um, a buddy of mine got me a job at the Ford dealership. Because at, at that point, I was, um, I think I was, maybe I was 18, 18 or 19. Um, I was about to go to school, and then uh, I, I wanted something a little bit different, just to, I don't know, I thought maybe worst case, I could always fall back on some trade. I had no idea what the hell I was doing at that time. But I got a job, and there was a job to be a driver um, for a Ford dealership. And my assumption was that that'd be like a, almost like a shuttle service. You know what I mean? Shuttling people to and from when they drop off their vehicles. But they had an opening um, at one of the, like the, um, 
I don't know what you call it, like one of their their sister shops or something like that. Subsidiaries. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like they had a they had a smaller shop on the other side of the city. This is in uh, Welland, Ontario. Where where's my Welland investors at? Are you, are you waiting? I was just hoping you'd watch the comments. Okay. Um. <laughs> So on the other side of the city, um, they had like a little shop and that's where they did like their oil changes and stuff. So they did oil changes there and, and they, they did a bunch of like different kinds of work and stuff, but like at the dealership was a larger shop, but at this, this smaller shop, I think it was like three bays and, uh, there was, you know, the guy that ran the shop and then two other, uh, mechanics and, um, that shop specifically, they had a contract with the, um, what would you call it? Like the Ontario Health Services, OHS, um, to repair all of their and maintain all of their ambulances. So they needed a driver to drive ambulances. And that was specifically what I did every day. It was a pretty, pretty gravy gig, um, minimum wage. And uh, so they, I, I would also, you know, just drive clients and pick up parts and stuff like that. But for the most part, it was just, you know, hey, um, we've got these three, you know, ambulances that need to be repaired today, go and pick them up. So I would go, we had three beater cars. And I would go, you know, hop in the car, and then I go drive down to wherever like Nag on the lake or Niagara Falls or Vineland, it was it was servicing like the whole Niagara region. Um, and I go drive for an hour and then I go pick, I drive, leave the car there, drive the ambulance back. And then when it was done, I drive the ambulance back and then put the car in whichever else. You know what I'm trying to say? Mm -hmm. Just shuttling back and forth. <clears throat> so that was my job. It's pretty cool. I mean, I got to drive ambulances. So it's, it's I mean, it, for, for, for any paramedic, they're just like, yeah, big whoop. But it, as an 18, 19 year old, it was a pretty cool job. Totally. Um, now one of the mechanics there, um, nice guy. Um, I was a little bit younger, but, uh, he, after I left that job, um, never talked to him again. And, uh, he just reached out to me. That's, that's who slid into my dams was one of the mechanics there. And, uh, he's looking at getting into investing. Um, how did he find you? Like was, was Facebook even really like, how did people stay in touch? <laughs> he would have been one of my first Facebook friends. That's I was for sure. going to say. Yeah. Because Facebook came out, Facebook came out when, just when I graduated. I mean, it was out, but if you recall, it was mostly for university students at that time. Yeah. And like mostly university students in the States. Yes. And so I remember, if I recall, I think you had to put in your university when you first like I remember like one of the requirements was that you had to have a university or college to sign into Facebook originally. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember one of the only reason I remember that is because one of my buddies is like, Hey Wayne, you're not in university. So you can't get on Facebook because they were all talking about it. But mm -hmm. I remember them saying, Oh, you're not in university. So <laughs> you can't get on it. Just like, you know, being dicks. And, um, and then eventually I went to college specifically to get onto Facebook <laughs> and then I dropped out <laughs> and then I dropped out. Um, but yeah, he would have been my, one of my first Facebook friends. 
Yeah, Josh here said it, it hit big in 2007 for the public. And that makes sense because I moved to Edmonton in 2006 <laughs> and I got Facebook like when I was in Edmonton. So yeah. that would be right around that time. Yeah, after I after I left that, uh, that Ford shop, I went back to pumping gas again uh, for another six months. And I think it was shortly after that was when I moved to Alberta. Yeah. Which would have been early 2008. Crazy. So that makes sense. Uh, but yeah, he, he, he reached out and he was asking some questions and, and I, I thought that was really cool. I mean, one, it's been like 16 years, yeah, 15 years, something like that. Um, but also it, it just kind of feels good, you know, to know that like, you know, I've done a lot with this real estate investing thing. I post lots of stuff and then, you know, um, for someone to reach out to you. Yeah. You know, like I get lots of people reaching out to me on a regular basis and like the podcast and stuff like that. So like it's, I've kind of gotten over that, but you know, to have someone from your past reach out and ask for help and, and, and want to do something with yeah. it and asking you, it still feels really good. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a quick little chat with him on the phone yesterday for about 20 minutes and kind of fire hosed him and, uh, he's going to be listening to the podcast. That's why I brought it up. So here he is. There you go. I'm talking about you. Um, <laughs> But one of the questions he was curious about, and this is something that uh, I I sometimes forget what it was like when I first started. I try I try and put myself in those shoes as much as possible, so that I can relate with new investors as much as possible. But one I I, I try and I try and f- remember what I didn't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And one of those, uh, the, the big thing he was asking about was um, how to buy a property, what to buy for stars. And the most important was um, how do I access the, the, the equity that I have in my property? So uh, first thing he did was he reached out to uh, his bank and said, Hey, I want to get a HELOC for $400,000. And I don't necessarily know if he explained it properly. And the other thing is that like when you explain that to to a 20 year old, you know, mortgage specialist at TD or whichever, um, in a lot of cases, they don't really understand what it is that we do. Mm -hmm. So you might not be getting the best advice. So the first piece of advice that I offered him was to go and talk to a mortgage broker who deals with investors. Follow up question to that is that like okay how do I find yeah you know do I just Google this well that's it's it's something sorry I'm I'm very congested today thanks Gab um <laughs> hopefully you didn't get me sick I'm not sick anymore I know it sounds like I am just a little congested this morning uh, Carlos is here in the chat says it's hard for Wayne to relate to us mere mortals. Yeah. Um, if you if you go and just ask any mortgage broker with with some brokerage, you know, hey, I'm looking for a broker that's going to help me buy lots of rental properties. They're going to tell you whatever the heck you want to hear, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> of course, yeah. I, I I deal with investors all day long. I, I always help out investors. Investors are fantastic. You guys are so great to deal with because they know that you're going to be repeat business, right? So the best way to to find a good reputable mortgage broker who who helps investors or an investor focused mortgage broker 
is to ask around in the community. And one of the first things I, I recommended to him was that, hey, come join Real Estate Investing Masters Facebook group. Okay. That's where you're going to be surrounded by other real estate investors. And you can ask those questions. Um, start going into networking events and surrounding yourself with other investors. Um, and then ask who they use, right? As for accessing the equity in, in your home, you are able to access up to 80% of loan to value. Meaning if your house is worth $500,000, you can access up to $400,000, okay? Meaning if you have a $300,000 mortgage left on your mortgage, and you have a $500,000 house, that means that you can pull out $100,000 because that's the difference of your 80%, which is $400,000, and the $300,000 you have left owing. If you have $100,000 left on your mortgage and your house is worth five hundred, dollars then you can borrow $300,000. You can never go over 80%. You can never go under the, over that $400,000. Now, when you're trying to get that HELOC, though, they are going to make you they are going to ask like what you're using it for, right? Because if, if you're just pulling a HELOC and you're planning on buying a car and a boat or dumb stuff, they're going to, they're going to still qualify you to make sure that you can afford those payments. But dealing with a mortgage broker, they're going to, you know, you can explain to them. I, I personally, I've never pulled a HELOC that much. So I, I've never, I've never actually had to deal with something like that. Um, most of the properties that we buy, we bought with joint venture capital, right? So we've never dealt with a HELOC that large. And to be honest, I mean, that's, that's, that's stuff that normally Ontario and BC investors deal with because their houses, you know, you know, tripled in value over the last 15 years. And that's probably, you know, what happened with him as well. He probably bought a house early in the, um, <clears throat> 2007, 2008, something along those lines, 2006. Mm -hmm. And then since then, like those prices have gone up like crazy. Yeah. It was probably under $200,000 and now it's probably over six. So that makes a lot of sense. Um, but just explain to the mortgage broker what it is that you're planning on doing with it. And there's, there's a few different things that you can do with that equity. Um, so when you, sorry, when you get a HELOC, you only pay interest on it when you pull the money out. So if you got a HELOC and it's just sitting there and you haven't pulled any money out, then you're not paying any interest on it. When you pull the money out, like when you when you um, withdraw it, that's when you start paying interest every month. And the interest rate will be similar to whatever your 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 mortgage interest rate is. Or to, excuse me, I can't speak. It'll be similar to whatever your mortgage interest rate is, right? So imagine it's almost like another mortgage. So you're going to have your mortgage payments for your house and then you're going to have a separate payment, which is going to be your mortgage payments for your home equity line of credit. They almost consider it to be like a mortgage, right? Mm -hmm. So you have a separate payment for that with its own interest rate. And then what you do with that, um, that money is, you know, there's two things you can do. Well, there's lots, but I mean, the two most popular are either A, you would buy a rental property with it so you use your use that money as a down payment for a rental property or you would do private lending right and that's another option is so you can just you can lend money to other investors who do like short term 
fix and flips or something like that, or bridge financing. You know, if they're maybe they're doing a burr or something like that, um, you can lend it to them at anywhere from ten to fifteen percent interest. So if you're borrowing it at four percent interest and you're lending it out at fifteen, that means you're going to make a nine percent spread on that money that was otherwise just sitting in your house doing nothing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Think about that for a second. I mean, how much how much extra money could you make doing that? Because I, I think we all understand how much money we'd make if we bought a rental property. But if you borrowed it at uh, 5% and you lent it out at 15, that's a 10% spread. And let's say you did it on uh, $300,000. You made 10% for the year. It means you're going to make $30,000 for the year. You divide that by monthly. It's an extra $2,500 a month. Yep. If it was lent out for the entire year. If yep. it was lent out for the entire year. That's $2,500 a month in extra cash flow. Yeah. So there's a lot of people that have money just sitting in their house, not doing anything. It's not doing anything. Right? It's just it's just sitting there. It's, it's equity. Right? Mm-hmm. But if you pull that equity out, and you will pay a, you will pay an interest fee for for borrowing that right, that equity. It'll, they'll they'll charge you, you know, today's rates somewhere around five percent, but you're able to lend that out to, for fifteen percent to other real estate investors who are looking for short term financing for like flips and that kind of stuff. You can make an additional twenty five hundred dollars a month, or and if you have more equity, then obviously that would be significantly more. That right there is enough to you know to pay for a few nice vacations every year, right? Mm-hmm. When that money was just otherwise just sitting there doing nothing. Now you suddenly got money for vacations. Yeah. Right? I remember when my mom first had that realization, she had already had some money lent out to us that um, that we were paying her interest on. But when she came to the realization on her own, I didn't even bring it up, it was on her own, that she had access to her home equity line of credit for a really, really low interest rate Mm -hmm. and that she could be making the same return that she had her other money lent to us at. Um, She was like, holy shit. (laughs) You know, like that's a big deal. Yeah. And I mean, like you have to do your diligence as well. This doesn't mean that you can just like lend to some schmuck in some Facebook group. Like you got to do your diligence. You got to ask around. And this is why networking and and having a strong circle is important because before you, you lend to someone, you want to make sure that they know what the heck it is that they're doing. Yeah. And you also want to make sure that they have a reputation yeah. of, of paying money back, right? And if they're doing fix and flips, is this their first fix and flip, right? So ask them what kind of training they have. You know, have they have they hired a coach? Um, who, if they are, like who's coaching them? Who's mentoring them? And then you can go and reach out to them and say, hey, would you put your name on that? It's not as if like the money's just going to go missing because in a lot of those cases, like they'd have to be like really, really, really uneducated to to lose the money, right? If they buy for the right price and and, and they do their research and they know the the house is worth you know x amount afterwards, they should the, you know they should at the very least get most of their money back out, right? But this this is why it's so important to do your diligence. Don't just listen to what I said about wow, this is cool. I can make a ten percent spread on my equity. Like, please, you know, reach out to other professionals and 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 ask them. You know, hey, would you recommend this person? Mm-hmm. How long have they been in the game? Go see a project that they're currently working on. Absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Is it the is it the quality and and craftsmanship that like is up to the industry standard? Those types yeah. of things, yeah. Yeah. So the other thing you can do, I mentioned, you know, earlier on, is that you can um, just use it as down payment funds uh, onto your onto your next property. Mm-hmm. Solid, um, solid plan. Yeah. So in that first example, sorry, I never mentioned this. You're going to be getting a 15% um, yearly return um, on your money. And we talked about that you have a 5% interest on, you have 5% interest on your, um, your HELOC. So you have to pay that interest, right? But it's from the payments that you get from your, the person that you're lending to the 15% a month, or sorry, your sorry, your $2,500 a month that you're getting from the investor that you're lending it to, you take a chunk of that out, you would take out probably about $800 and you would pay your mortgage interest component, right? No, sorry, it wasn't that. Let me just redo that math. I messed it up. You would be getting 3750 from the investor because that's the 15%. And then you would put 1000 if I'm correct, 1000 no, it doesn't sound right. 1250 would go towards um, the interest component on your mortgage. And then you would be left with $2,500. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. Does that make sense? You want me to repeat that? So if you lent that money out at 15% yearly, you would get a $3,750 payment every month. However, your interest component on that money, the, money, the interest that you're paying to borrow it off of your HELOC, HELOC would be 1250 So you, you would take 1250 of your 3750 and then you'd be left with $2,500 a month in profit. Okay. So that's how you would pay. A lot of people are like, well, how am I supposed to pay these mortgage interest payments? For my HELOC, well, that's how you do it. It actually the money that you're the money you're getting from your investor is actually paying for it, mm-hmm. right? Now, if you went and did it, used your money as a down payment. So instead, you took that three hundred thousand dollars and you bought three rental three five hundred thousand dollar rental properties, mm-hmm. right? Because if you think about it, how, how what's What's the down payment for a $500,000 rental property? 100. 20% is 100,000. So you can do is you can take those that $300,000 and put $100,000 down on three properties. Right? And now you're asking yourself, well how am I supposed to make that $1,250 mortgage payment to my HELOC? The interest payment to my HELOC, right? Mhm. The cash flow from the rental property that you get every month will actually pay your mortgage payment, your HELOC payment. Yep. Does that make sense? The cash flow, and this is why it's so important to buy cash flowing rental properties. The cash flow that you receive from each of these rental properties will go towards paying the HELOC payment. Now, today's interest rates have gone up significantly. And this is something that we need to get used to, right? We've been so blessed and, and, and fortunate to have like these 2% interest rates for so long. I think people need to come to, to come to their senses and realize that you can't be investing in markets um, that are overpriced 
and the rents don't match those prices. Yeah, where cash flow isn't available. You need to invest in markets where there's cash flow. Otherwise, you're just setting yourself up for failure. And uh, I mean, I'm not going to get into that today. We've talked about that a lot. We can talk about it in the future if you guys remind me. But cash flow is like, is real estate investing 101. And you need cash flow to make sure that in the event that interest rates jump up overnight and your mortgage payments bounce up 600 bucks or more, you need to make sure that you have cash flow on hand every month. Because if, if you have $1,000 a month in cash flow and your mortgage payments go up by 600 bucks, you're okay. Now your cash flow is 400 bucks. But if you had $200 a month in cash flow, and your mortgage payments went up by 600 bucks, suddenly that property is negative $400 a month. And that's coming out of your pocket. And if you had three rental properties, now you're negative 1200 bucks a month. See where the risk is? And that can happen if rents go down as well. Mm-hmm. So you always gotta make sure you got cash flow because that's your safety net, that's your cushion, okay? A little off topic, but I needed to add that in there. So you can take that $300,000 in your HELOC buy three rental properties at cash flow, use the cash flow to pay the HELOC payments. And now you're getting all of the benefits. Hopefully there's a little more cash flow on that property, right? A little more than the the 300 or $425 on each one that you need to cover that HELOC payment. But the additional cash flow that's on top of that, the mortgage pay down and the appreciation is all your profits. So run it through a mortgage calculator. Go run it through a mortgage calculator today and see if I bought a $500,000 house with 20% down with a $400,000 mortgage at 4 or 5% interest rate, how much mortgage pay down would I have in the next 10 years or 15 years? Let's say 10. Go see. And then multiply that by 3 because you got three properties. And what you can do is, and then obviously, you know, you can guesstimate what you think the appreciation will be in your market over the next 10 years. That's hard to say. No, but no one knows. No one knows. I don't ever include appreciation personally. Yeah. That's just, that's extra dessert. The meal is in the mortgage pay down. But see, based off the mortgage pay down for those three properties, take that profit and then divide your investment by that profit. And that'll tell you what you're returning your investment is. And let me know what number you come up with. If you're paying HELOC payments, I know it's probably somewhere around 15%, 16% return just on the mortgage pay down, which is pretty cool. And then also if the property appreciates, that's bonus, right? Something that comes? Uh, yeah, so a uh, question. So you take out the loan and you buy the three properties and your cash flow is paying the interest payments. Mm-hmm. So the question is, it will pay the interest payment, but how do you pay back the $300,000 loan? It just stays there. Yeah, so and this is, I find, where a lot of um, either new investors or people you are approaching um <clears throat> that possibly have money in a HELOC. So you're looking to find investors to invest with you. This is where a lot of people get hung up in the 
um, you know, like if you think back to all of the um, sitcoms and television shows that you've watched where um, the parents had to take out a second mortgage on their home yeah. and um, it's, it's seen as like, as almost like you now owe double what your home is worth. Like that's how they make it seem. Yeah. And so a lot of people don't understand that when you take out a HELOC, you are simply accessing your, your equity, the money that you have already paid down. When you go to sell that house, that money is yours. So all you're doing is accessing money that's already yours and using it. So it's not like it's a loan. It's not like you're borrowing money from an institution that isn't yours. And how on earth are we going to pay this back? Mm -hmm. You are literally borrowing from yourself and paying an interest payment very similar to your mortgage payment. Yeah. So it's not a loan. I mean, it is. They're they're loaning it back to you. It's not an unsecured loan. It is yeah. based off of the equity. You're bor you're pulling the equity that you have out of the property and you're putting it somewhere else. So you know what? I'm a I'm a visual guy, and sometimes I find that visual visualization is the best way to um, to explain this because you're right, Gab. This is very common and super frustrating to try to explain to someone unless it's visual. Unfortunately, we're on an audio podcast, so it's going to be very difficult, but here's what I want you to do. I want you guys to get a piece of paper, okay? I'm going to get a piece of paper too, and I'm going to follow along. Okay. I want you to draw your house, just a big square, okay? Leave enough room on the paper for other squares, for three more. Okay, so draw a square, and then draw a triangle on top of the square, okay? You guys know what a bar graph is, right? Um, say your house is worth $500,000. Okay. So the, the full, um, the vertical length of your square, um, is $500,000. Okay. You've got a $100,000 mortgage on it right now. Okay. So draw a line where the one would be on your bar graph. Okay. Down at the bottom. And then the remaining portion of that square will be $400,000, right? Because the $400,000 there is your equity. That makes sense? So you drew a line down at the bottom. That lower portion of your bar graph, the lower portion of your square is $100,000. The top is $400,000. So if you were to sell your house today and someone paid you $500,000, they would transfer $500,000 to your lawyer. Your lawyer would take $100,000 of that money and pay off your $100,000 mortgage. And the lawyer would give you a $400,000 check. Savvy? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what you want to do is you want to borrow $300,000 of this because you can borrow up to $400,000, which is 80%. So you're going to draw another line at the four mark, okay, on your bar graph for this house. So you got 100K in the bottom, which is your, your, your mortgage in your house. And then you've got 300K in the middle, which is you're going to be your HELOC. And then the 100K at the top. So it should be 100K, 300K, 100K. That equates to your $500,000. That's the, the whole worth of your house. Okay. So now your mortgage on your home is now going to be $100,000 plus $300,000. You're going to have two mortgages. Okay. So put the $300,000 off to the side in your bank account just for a second. Okay. You just pulled it out of your HELOC, put it over in your bank account for a sec. You got $300,000 in your bank account. On your house, you have a $400,000 mortgage now. 
So if you sold your house today and someone paid you $500,000, that $500,000 would go to your lawyer. Your lawyer would take $100,000 of that and pay off your mortgage and then take $300,000 of that and pay off your HELOC and he would hand you a $100,000 check. But you still got your $300,000 in your savings account. So you still got your total $400,000. Mm-hmm. You understand? Does that make sense? It makes sense to me. Okay. Yeah. You might have to listen to it a couple times. Okay, mark it down on your piece of paper that we're at the 40-minute mark, okay? The 40-minute <laughs> mark in this podcast. You got to re-listen to it. So you got your $300,000 in your savings account here, okay? I want you to draw three more houses, okay? Square with a triangle up top. I want you to take $100,000, sorry, of the $300,000, I want you to put $100,000 into each of those houses because that's going to be your down payment. So on the bottom of those houses, you're going to have a $100,000 down payment and then you're going to have a, at the top, you're going to have a $400,000 mortgage. Okay. So you're going to draw that line down on each of these houses. Remember, it's a bar graph. On the bottom, you're going to put 100K. On the top of the, of the square, you're going to put 400K. Okay. And then you've got your original home that has the 100K, the 300K HELOC, and the 100K of equity. If you sold all four of these homes today, what would happen? If you sold all four of these homes for $500,000 today, I'm going to do this nice and slow so you guys can follow along. Your home, the home that you live in, you would get $500,000. Your lawyer would pay off your $100,000 mortgage and your $300,000 HELOC, and he would hand you a check for $100,000. Okay. Your first property that you bought, you would receive a check for $500,000 from the buyer. Your lawyer would take $400,000 of that and pay off your mortgage and give you $100,000 in a check for your equity. Second house, same thing. $500,000 would come in. Lawyer would pay off the $400,000 mortgage and give you a check for $100,000. Third house, same thing. $500,000 would come in. $400,000 $400,000 will pay off your mortgage. $100,000 check will come to your, to your hands. If you look at the bottom line, that means that you would receive $400,000. The same amount of equity you had in your first home in the first example. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you still have all of your money. You still have all your money. Just instead of it, the $300,000 sitting in your home doing absolutely nothing you basically dispersed it over four properties. Sorry, over three other properties. And started receiving cash flow on those three other properties, as well as now paying down mortgages and getting equity in those. And that's the key thing I want to share with you guys, because every month you pay your mortgage payment on your home, that $100,000 mortgage, the mortgage that you have is always going down. So every mortgage payment you pay, a portion goes towards the interest component, and a portion goes towards paying down the principal of the more of the loan. So if your if your loan is sorry your mortgage payment is one hundred thousand dollars, and five hundred of that is going towards interest, and five hundred of that is going towards principal, then that means on your one hundred thousand dollar mortgage, 
after this month, it will be nine hundred and sorry, ninety nine thousand. Five hundred dollars. <laughs> sorry, just I got a little confused there. It'd be ninety nine thousand five hundred, and then after next month's payment, after that, it would be ninety nine thousand, and after next month's payment, after that, it'd be ninety eight thousand five hundred. See what I say? It's always going down. See, when you're paying payments like that, only your mortgage is going down on your home. But imagine if you disperse that $300,000 worth of equity over three more properties. That means you're getting an additional $500 of mortgage pay down on each of those properties. So instead of getting $500 a month in mortgage pay down, you're actually getting $2,000 a month in mortgage pay down. You just quadrupled your return by doing it that way. Also, if your house, if, if imagine these four houses are side by side on the same street, if your house goes up in value from 500 to $510,000, that means all of the other houses are going up to $510,000 as well. So instead of making $10,000 in appreciation, you just made $40,000 in appreciation. All because instead of having that $300,000 in equity just sitting in your home doing nothing, you dispersed it over three other properties. So the next time you are trying to talk to somebody about investing the equity in their home, I hope that you get really good at drawing these houses. (laughs) That's what my whiteboard presentations looked like early on. Because it makes, it's, it's, it, it's very simple. It makes perfect sense. And I think that also going back to, um, you know, how it has such a, a bad name, the second mortgage in your house and that sort of thing. Um, I'm just thinking back to like some examples in like the movies and where it can become risky is when you are accessing that equity and um, buying a boat. And so buying things that aren't giving you money back. So you were literally just spending it or you take that money and you decide you're going to start a bakery and the bakery fails and you lose all your money. You've now lost that money. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's those types of things. So, I mean, now you're just back up to your full mortgage amount that you're now having to pay down again, but you've lost your equity. But when you're betting it on cash flowing rental properties in a stable market, and you're getting equity pay down, mm-hmm. like it's a no brainer. So oh. you need to shift the mindset for people that it's not this big, scary, you're taking out a loan that can't be repaid type of situation. It's you're taking money that's already yours and making it create more money for you. I think when people visualize it, what they visualize is what they're familiar with as, as a teenager and as a, you know, a, a young adult. And that's the the debt of credit cards and unsecured mm-hmm. line of credits. Yeah. See, there's an unsecured line of credit and there's a home equity line of credit. These are two very different things. Home equity line of credit is a line of credit on your home equity, the equity that you have in a home. An unsecured line of credit, which is probably what you got when you were 19 or 20, is a line of credit that has, it's not attached to anything. They are lending you money that is not attached to anything. So if you do not pay that back, 
then yes, you do need to pay that. Like, sorry, if you're only making minimum payments and yes, you do need to pay that amount back. Especially if you bought a car with it or you just, you know, went on trips and things like that, you will have to pay it back. Yeah. And there's there's no equity tied to it. Or you lose it and you can't pay it. The creditors are coming for you. Versus if you lost your home equity line of credit money. Mm. Too, far. Yeah. Too far. <laughs> Too far. Okay. It's your money. You lost your own money. <laughs> so no, you're not losing like you're not losing it. Because you just put it into a home where now it's sitting as equity in another home. See, that I didn't want you to confuse them there. Sorry, I just I didn't meant buying other properties. What what I'm saying is, if you use that money as a down payment, then that down payment money now sits as equity in another property. If you pull that three hundred thousand dollars out instead of buying, you know, putting down payments down, and you bought a fucking yacht, or let's no, a yacht's a bad example because that's an asset. If you traveled the world and just spent the money. Mm then yeah, you got to pay that back because you spent it all. But if you use it as a down payment, it will it will transfer the equity that was in your home as equity in one of your rental properties now. And when you sell that rental property, you will get that equity back because you didn't spend it. You just reallocated it into another property. There's a big difference. Now we can, someone's probably thinking, well, what if the value of the home goes down? How do I, okay. What I want you to do is every time you think about something like that and you're wondering what if, what if, this is important stuff that you need to figure out. That's why I say you got to get good at the fucking math. What I want you to do is go grab your whiteboard or go grab your big pad of paper and I want you to draw this out again. What would happen if each of these properties went down by $50,000 in value? I want you to draw it. You've got your home, right? You got your mortgage with your HELOC and your 100K of equity. Okay, you've got that. You got your three rental properties with their $400,000 mortgages and their 100K of equity, which was the down payments. Okay, you've got that picture. Now, what I want you to do is I want you to drop the value on each of these properties by $50,000. Okay? In your mind, what you're thinking is, okay, my house went down in $50,000 in value. I had $400,000 worth of equity. That means that my $400,000 worth of equity is now 200000 because I still need to pay these mortgages back, right? You're right. But you haven't necessarily lost it yet because so long as you own these properties, nothing changes. And this is where people, they make mistakes. What they do is they see the value of their homes drop by 10%. And they're like, I got to sell. I got to sell. I got to sell. Sky's falling. It's going to keep going down. And then they sell. And then what that does is that triggers your loss. Right? Because now you have accepted the loss. And instead of getting $400,000 in your hand, you're going to get $200,000. And frankly, you're a big idiot. Because if you kept the properties and you wrote it out, then you would have been okay. If you kept the properties for another 10 years or five years, there's two things that can either ha- that can happen. One is that the value of the property goes back up, right? Say it drops to four, your $500,000 house drops down to 450 on each of them. 
maybe in five years it goes back up to 500. And nothing happened because you never sold, right? What you need to do is you need to picture <laughs> these are assets, but within these assets, but within these, these squares and triangles is actually a business as well. So the asset value will go up and down almost like a stock, right? It'll go up and down, up and down. It'll go from 500 to 490 to 530 to 500 to 600 to 550, right? The asset value will go up and down all the time. The only time you ever claim that asset value, the, the profits on the appreciation is when you sell. So it doesn't matter. It could drop down to $400,000 this year. If as long as it goes back up to $500,000 next year and you don't sell, it's fine. But your mortgage is also being paid down at the same time. So I'm going to play a little game. I'm going to use another little example here. Let's say your property was five hundred thousand and it drops to four fifty. All four properties drop to four fifty. But over the next five years, you paid down fifty thousand dollars in mortgage on all four of these properties. Where would you be at? If the value of all the properties went down fifty thousand dollars, so now the houses are worth four fifty, but you paid down fifty thousand dollars on each of these mortgages, you would break even. At that point in the five year, you would be even. So even if your properties went down in value, you still have the ability to correct it, because every month. Every year, you're paying down the mortgage. So this is what I mean. Don't sell. Ride it out. That means you could break even in five years. What if you kept it for 10 years? Do you think the value of the property will go back up again? Probably. Right? Would you pay down another $50,000 over the next five years after that? Definitely. Now suddenly your your four rental properties are profitable again. This is the cool thing about real estate. Even if there is a huge correction, which no one can really foresee, it seems probable in some provinces that they wanna they wanna slow down the the the, the ever increasing appreciation and in, and in, in property values. It seems probable that there might be a slight correction, but even if there is. When you take action today, the mortgage pay down will offset that. Now, I, I could, I'm a little biased. I would strongly urge investing in markets that are more stable, that have better cash flow. But if that's your market and you're you're scared right now because maybe there's someone who's listening who's in. I'm going to use on. I'm going to pick on Ontario because I know they're getting. They're, I know they're getting punched in the face right now. But if you're sitting in Ontario and you bought all those properties and they may have corrected by 10% overnight or 20% overnight, just remember that like you can ride this out. Don't sell. Just ride it out for the next 10 years and you will still make a profit from the mortgage pay down. And hopefully, eventually, the values will increase again back to where it was or higher. It will eventually. And that's why they... That's why they say if you're buying rental properties, you have to buy it for the long term. You cannot buy it for two years and sell it. That doesn't make any sense. Long-term buy and holds are long-term. Minimum 10 years, right? 
I like the 10 year mark personally. We talked about that yesterday about repairs and maintenance and and the longevity and, and lifespan of, of uh, equipment and appliances in your in your in your house. I like the 10 year mark. That's a good sweet spot. Some people like the eight year mark. It's very popular. But you need to look at it long term. And and hopefully this visualization really helps. And, and again, if you guys need to go back to where we were talking about that, it's at about the 39 or 40 minute mark. You can, you can, you know, scroll back to that spot and re-listen to it because this is a really good way to explain this to joint venture partners who don't understand it. People who are not in, you know, this world mm-hmm. like we are people who are not up at 6am or 5am or, or 8am, wherever you're listening from, uh, who are not in this world at, at this time, listening to a podcast about it. Okay. Because they're still thinking back to that one time on everybody loves Raymond you know, where they talked about how he took out a second mortgage and he couldn't pay it off because Raymond was an idiot. Raymond pulled the equity out of his house and paid off his debts or Raymond pulled out the equity on his house and went and gambled it in Vegas. Yeah, he lost his money, right? But if you pull out that equity in your house and you put it towards a rental property as a down payment or you put it as, you know, private lend it out, or, you know, as a mortgage, you can lend it, you can lend money as mortgages as well. It's much more secured. Right? Was there any questions before we uh, wrap up the show today? Uh, no, no questions. Just a bunch of chit chat. I think someone in the comments here said that um, they're looking forward to uh, everybody posting their yes. pictures of their drawings. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see all your squares and triangles. Yeah. Hopefully, um, I can't remember who asked the question originally, but hopefully that 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 helped explain it. Um, you can you can take this so much further now. Now that you can see the visualization, for those of you that like that, maybe this wasn't this wasn't um, something that you understood before. Now what you can do is you can go look at those four houses and you can start playing around with it. Remember I told you, like, look at these four houses. Look at the visualization of it. Play with the numbers. If I lost $10,000 today, but I paid down $50,000 in mortgage in five years, what would my return be? Play around with it. Once you got a visual, visualization of it, then you got a mortgage calculator. You can have a lot of fun trying to figure out your worst case scenarios, your best case scenarios. What if, what if in five years, the value of the property was still $500,000, but you paid down $50,000 on all four properties. So you accumulated $200,000 more of equity. Could you get a HELOC on all four properties for $50,000, pull that $200,000 out and buy two more properties in five years? Think about it. If you paid down $50,000 of mortgage, accumulated $50,000 more of equity on each of those four properties in five years, in five years, when it comes time for your next mortgage renewal, could you extend your HELOC another $50,000 each, pull that $200,000 out and buy two more $500,000 houses? Now you're going to need a bigger piece of paper because now you've got six houses, right? And then start playing around with those numbers. Okay, I've got six houses. They're worth $500,000 each. 
I've got $400,000 worth of mortgages on all of them and $100,000 worth of equity in all of them, right? If I pay down $50,000 for the next five years on all of them, that means that on the year 10, I would be able to pull out another $300,000. Could I pull that $300,000 of equity out on a home equity line of credit and buy three more houses? That means at the at the 10th year from now, I would have nine properties, my primary residence plus eight more rental properties, all coming stemming from the original $300,000 of equity I had from my home. It's pretty simple, eh? Mm -hmm. When you understand it. Yeah. When you understand it. And yes, I know there are so many fucking caveats to this, about mortgage qualifications and debt servicing and everything else. Before anyone chimes in on the chat, I know there are more rules to this and there's a lot of uh, variables, which we can dive more into, you know, on coming shows, or if you want, join the master's mentorship program and I can show you how, and I can show you how to navigate that because there are a lot of rules and a lot of things to watch out for. Okay. But I want you guys to understand the basic fundamentals of how this works, the numbers behind it. At the very least, so you can explain it to your mom, your dad, your aunt, your uncle, your cousins, or your coworkers. You know, if you're trying to raise a little bit of money and they just can't seem to grasp it, or if they say that one line, well, how are we supposed to pay this money back? Well, you can explain it to them now because you can you can draw it on a piece of paper or on a whiteboard. Yeah, I was just going to um, add something there and you just perfectly led right into it is that um, we have one specific partner who that was exactly it. He said, what if I want to sell my house in a couple of years? How mm. am I going to pay that money back? And so once once he understood the concept once Wayne got the paper out and drew the houses and showed him that it's it is his own, his money it's not being borrowed from a bank mm -hmm. um, once he understood that now every time he has paid down enough money on his mortgage to be able to do something with it he reinvests with us he'll okay. he'll contact us and be like okay I've uh, built up 75 75k what can we do with it so once once people understand, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Absolute no-brainer. So um, this is important. It's a really important concept to understand when you are looking to raise capital um, or to help family members. Um, I mean, it's, yeah. And may I say one other thing before we go? Sure. You're the one that's getting the kid ready for school. I don't know why you keep <laughs> extending this. Well, there's a whole bunch of um, chatter on the app here. And so uh, just in case anybody else is um, listening to this and wasn't privy to the chat in the, um, in the Podbean app, earlier Wayne said he was making an example and he said, um, buy a yacht. Oh, no, wait a minute. A yacht's an asset. And then everybody went crazy going, how is a yacht an asset? Um, first of all, a yacht is a depreciating asset. Still an asset. But what he what he was getting at in that in that example is that you could you could turn around and and sell a yacht and get all or some of your money back. Whereas if you go traveling the world, you don't get that money back. That money is now gone. gone. So that's the point that he was making when he started using a yacht as an example and then retracted. So um, in case you missed the mark there, that's what he meant. Yes. All right, everybody.
if you guys got any more questions on this, feel free to hop into the free Real Estate Investing Masters Facebook group. We can start a conversation in there. I'd love to see your pictures of your your squares and triangles. And um, what is today? Yeah, Tuesdays? we'll we'll make a uh, we'll make a post in the uh, Real Estate Investing Masters uh, Facebook page with Wayne's drawing, and you can all drop yours underneath there so we can see everybody's drawings from today. You want me to post my drawing? Yeah, hell yeah! I'll take a picture of it and post it. Okay, it's all scribbled up because I was making additional notes. So I'll do. I'll draw a new one. No, I'll... no, no. We want the real. We want the original. <laughs> Okie dokie. Okay, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 